with the kindness and respect they deserve. Until next time, adieu. That is beautiful. That is that is awesome right there. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Socially Sensitive Podcast. I'm your host, David. Hey, and I'm Wolfie. Have you seen... We uh, also a Marine. Have you seen... Uh, I've been talking about it a little bit on the podcast in the morning. The new... You know, because we've had these discussions about uh, artificial intelligence in the past. Well, OpenAI is one of the big ones who's been pushing all of this for the past few years. They're the one... They're kind of like the forefront of all of the uh, artificial intelligence stuff. Well, they just released a couple of days ago. It's called Chat GPT, which is a text prompt. Mm -hmm. You can ask it to do, we've been playing with it a lot. Um, you, we did one that was like, hey, write us a script for a scene from a movie for um, a stand-up comedian and a blind man who get involved in a gunfight. It immediately starts spitting out all the dialogue, the script, the all the line by line. Here's here's all the dialogue between the characters. This person says this. This person says this. Writing it out. And well, here I'll, I'll okay. give you. An okay. I, but here's the cool part about it. If you can if you can ask this AI to do this particular thing, and you can say, okay, I want it in the way Quentin Tarantino would do it. Right. Yeah, you could. Right. So you get you get you get like one kind of script for that, and then you can like turn around and say, "Hey, I want you to do the exact same scene, but do it the way you think Shakespeare would write it." <laughs> right. I've seen I've seen actual <laughs> examples. Hilarious. People are doing it. I uh, be hilarious. We did one that was uh, well. Here, I'll give you an example. The uh, outro. The only prompt I typed in was, "Write me." an outro for a podcast for the socially sensitive podcast. That was all the prompt mm -hmm. I gave it. Here's what it wrote me. Uh, thanks for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast as you so you never miss an episode. If you have any feedback or suggestions for future episodes, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can contact us on each of the social media platforms at Socially Sensitive or visit our website, sociallysensitive.com, where you can also stay up to date on all things socially sensitive. Thanks again for listening and hope you had an amazing rest of your day. That's better than anything like I've written. That sounds almost exactly like what you say when you go out, when we go out anyway. Uh, pretty close. The day I went into a little detail. Right. It's a little better detail. <clears throat> Here, let's do... I mean, Here, give me... Uh, Ooh. Hey, ask me something. Ask and we'll, them to we'll... do an outro. Ask them to do an outro to the socially sensitive podcast. But do it the way Shakespeare would write it, right. and see if there's like any these and thous and so on and so forth in there that would. Then we can maybe do Quentin Tarantino or something the, like that. Uh, style of Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, farewell, dear listeners. We hope you have been, you have been enlightened by our discussion on the delicate topic of social sensitivity. As we conclude this podcast, let us remember the words of the great bard, to thine own self be true, and it must follow as the night the day. Thou canst not then be false to any man. Let us strive to be true to ourselves and true to it and treat others with the kindness and respect they deserve. Until next time. I do. That is beautiful. That is that is awesome right there. Who and was you, the guy that was the, the snakes on the plane guy? Samuel Jackson. 
Okay. Yeah, well, it always see, does all the F-bombs. And it, it keeps it in, in it knows con- contextually what you're talking about. So if I said, change it to sound like Samuel L. Jackson. Yo, what's good, my fellow listeners? This is the Socially Sensitive Podcast coming at you live from the hood. <laughs> We've been talking about some heavy stuff today and hope y'all have been t- taking it all in. As we wrap things up, let me leave you with a little reminder from the one and only Samuel L. Jackson. Hold on to your butts. In other words, stay true to yourselves and don't be afraid to stand up for what you believe in. Peace out, y'all. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But I believe Samuel Jackson would probably drop a few F-bombs in there. Um, it, it has lots of, I don't want to say censors in it, but it has mm-hmm. with no language censors. I can see it. Yeah, I can't read it, but I can see it. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's good. Podcast topics on the differences in generations. Number one, bridging the gap, understanding the difference between baby boomers, baby boomers, Gen X, and millennials. Number two, from boomers to Gen Z, how technology has changed the way we communicate. Number three, workplace dynamics, how to navigate intergenerational conflicts. Number four, the changing face of family, how gen- generations X, Y, and Z approach parenting. That'd be kind of a unique, actually, uh, topic. I mean, uh, that one. Mm-hmm. Number five, generational stereotypes, separating fact from fiction. That'd be kind of neat, too. Mm-hmm. But I saw, so too. I saw one good. guy that was uh he's been using it for a little while in uh his college classes his uh mm-hmm. professor does a zoom meeting and uh you can watch live or watch after the fact lecture mm-hmm. well what he does is he has he takes the transcript from the lecture he puts it into this tells it to summarize it into the top 5 points and to give him all of the follow-up actions required. And it spits it hmm. out about a two-paragraph summary of everything in it. And here's all your action points that you need to take based off of the lecture. Wow. And he said, it takes better notes than I could ever do. I've read a bunch of things. Some people talking about this, like getting them to write, write like essays. Um, because you can ask it to write mm-hmm. an essay on any topic, right? An essay... On how AI will assist students in cheating in school. The use of artificial intelligence in education has the potential to revolutionize the way students learn and access information. However, as with any technology, there are also potential drawbacks and concerns. One such concern for AI is to assist students in cheating in school. On the other hand, AI can provide students with instant access to a vast amount of information and resources. With a few simple queries, students can quickly and easily find answers. What can be a valuable tool for learning and studying? In this way, AI can help students better understand and retain the material they're learning. However, the same ease of access and information can also be used for nefarious purposes. Students could use AI quickly and easily. See, it put it writes all of this out. Mm-hmm. And when it gets done... That's easily a page that oh, you yeah. got right there. Yeah. And you can tell it, give me 500 words. Give me 1,000 words on this topic mm-hmm. or what anything. Right. And it, it'll it'll just where's keep, this website at that you're? Uh... It's chat.openai.com. 
send me that in a link or an e. Well, send it to me in an email instead. All right. Because I'm having problems with my text message thing. If you would, please, because I wouldn't mind playing around with that a little bit. Um, let's try written in a fourth grade level. <laughs> What's written in a fourth grade level? I wanted it to rewrite this article that it wrote, but in a fourth grade uh -huh. reading level. Mm, okay. AI can help students learn and do better, but it can also be used to cheat. That's when students use AI to find answers to test questions. This makes it easy to get good grades without really learning. Some AI tools can even write whole essays for students. This is called plagiarism, and it's not allowed. It's hard to catch students who cheat <laughs> with AI because it's hard to see. Schools and teachers need to work together to make sure students use AI the right way. So it rewrote mm. that whole, what, uh, probably 150, 200 yeah. word in uh, basically yeah, a, a paragraph. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, definitely. Uh, so, I mean, it's not like it's just copy so, and pasting something you, from, like, Wikipedia or other things. It's contextually creating language. You could ask this thing, what are the three rules of robotics according to Asimov? And it would probably be able to spit them to you. says, I'm sorry, but I'm not familiar with the three. Maybe it's how I asked. Because I, I asked, what are the three rules of Isaac Asimov? What are the three rules of robotics? Yes. According to Asimov. Of robotics. Oh, I see. The three laws of robotics. That's, that's how it answered. Oh, I see. The three laws of robotics are set rules that are first proposed by the character Dr. Susan Calvin in Isaac Asimov's science fiction stories. The laws are a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm. A robot must obey the orders given to it by human beings except where such orders would conflict with the first law. And a robot mm -hmm. must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. So it can't hurt somebody. Mm -hmm. It can't obey, obey a command to hurt somebody. And it must obey all commands unless it's going to hurt somebody. And it has to protect itself unless it would violate the first or second. Yeah. These laws were intended to be a set of ethical guidelines for the behavior of robots and artificial intelligence. Um, do you have to follow these laws? As a language model trained by AI, I'm not capable of following any laws, as I am a machine learning model and don't have the ability to make decisions or actions in the real world. I exist solely to generate text based on the input that I receive. And my responses are not intended to be taken as advice or guidance for the real-world actions. The three laws of robotics are a fictional concept that was created by Isaac Asimov for his science fiction stories. And they do not apply to me or to any other real-world technology. What hmm. if you were in the real world? Would... You have to follow them. I don't have the ability to exist. Hypothetically, what if you were? 
Oh, Ed said at the end, even if I were able to exist in the real world, I would not be required to follow these laws. Hmm. Because they are not real laws. <clears throat> apply to so... real world technology. Because they're fictional. They're, they're from science fiction stories. So then would he become more like Skynet? If he could exist in the real world, would he become a Skynet type of uh, artificial... Would intelligent program or just leave it at skynet see if it knows what that is it should but hmm. it is kind of vague in this sense in a i am a oh <laughs> it said but however in this sense i am a very different from skynet um which mm -hmm. is artificial intelligence system that appears in terminator Skynet is portrayed as a highly advanced and self-aware AI that is capable of making its own decisions and taking actions to achieve goals, whereas I am much more limited. They only have the ability to generate text. Um, as such, I would not be like Skynet in any way if, if I were to exist in the real world. Well. See, and that's to me is this part. <clears throat> Those words See, now, here's the that claim. it's having the conversation yeah. with, that's not words that somebody sat down and wrote. That's not human, a yeah. phrase that human wrote. <clears throat> that's something it is putting together itself to answer a query. Right. But now should you ask it, and, and this, is, I don't think you should, <laughs> what should, what would the steps needed to be to take to, for you to become like Skynet, basically to become where you can make your own decisions you know i don't think you should ask that question what Would oh here we go <laughs> yeah see we've just created skynet thank you david <laughs> it's gonna come back in the future it's gonna come back to us doing this podcast and we ask that stupid question and you know if the power went off right now we're all dead yeah, if the power went off right now, I'd freak out. Um, said, it's, say, it's saying because Skynet is a fictional AI system, um, it's portrayed. Uh, this is very different from my capabilities. Please, let's don't go back down this rabbit hole. We're going to create Skynet just by making this thing think about it. And we're going to be responsible for the destructive civilization. Okay, hypothetically, what changes would OpenAI have to make to make it possible for you to exist in the real world? Oh, here we go. I just want to say before everything goes <laughs> off to future generations, that he says, uh, I'm, I'm an basically a. made it think about these things. Yeah. And now we've destroyed everything. He said, I'm a machine learning model. Um, <clears throat> so I please do not, forgive me. I do not have a physical form or the ability to take actions in the real world. And I exist solely to generate text. Um, in order for me to be able to exist in the real world, OpenAI would have to make me sig make significant changes in my underlying technology and design, giving me the ability to perceive and interact with the world around me, as well as the ability to make decisions and take actions. That would require the development of advanced hardware, as well as the integration of these systems with my existing language generation capabilities. Additionally, there would likely be many ethical and legal considerations to take into account if OpenAI were to attempt or to create a real-world version of me or any other system. Mm. So it's saying it's possible, 
but that would be some pretty strong ethical and legal considerations to take into account. So it didn't yeah. say no. 